All right, I want to welcome y'all back to the Weapon Nature All-in-One podcast. Got a special guest with me today, my man, man Eric George, actor extraordinaire. This guy has so many credits. We're going to run it down real quick. Uh, the guy's been on Living Single, The Parenthood, In the House, Beverly Hills, 90210, The Client, Sunset Park, which ended up leading to him getting a role in The Big Easy, which he was a co-star in that one and it ran for about a good two years. Uh, Malcolm and Eddie, The Practice, Parkers, NYPD Brew, Book of Love, Dragnet, Malcolm in the Middle, Bones, Dexter, and Private Practice, just to name a few guys, movie credits all over the place. I'm sure he has a whole lot of stuff and he'll be yeah. some of the stuff down to us a little bit. But my first question for you, Big E, is what was the, how hard was it for you to uh, break into the acting business? First off, what up, Herb? Yes, sir. Yo, baby boy. My boy. Hey, people don't, even, people don't even realize my basketball career was it had he this guy played a big part of it. He's the guy that actually brought the coach to see me play, man. So yes. this has been yes. my brother for a long time. I got tired of you scoring 60 and nobody knew about it. <laughs> so hey, man, it's a blessing, bro. But uh to answer your question, man, um, I moved out to LA in 94, um, two years after we graduated. And um, just to try, you know, the acting thing. Um, I have been studying in New York at HB Studios for about three years um, concurrently. And quite honestly, when my brother made it to the NBA and he wasn't really expected to be, you know, that guy first round pick, I said, well, hell, if he can do it, let me just give it a shot, you know? I mean, not that he wasn't deserving of it, but nobody really saw that coming back then. So, uh, you know, it, back the industry was so different, man, back in the mid-90s, man. I got here in 94, right after the earthquake, the big Northridge earthquake. And um, for the first six months, I was messing around, just hanging out, partying. My man, you know, Brian McKnight was my boy. We were, we were hanging. I was staying with him in the club every night. And then my girlfriend at the time, who was my wife, called me and was like, yo, if you out there to party, then you need to bring your butt back and go, go back to law school or go on to state police, like do something. So she challenged me. Uh, that next day I went out and got me a little job, night gig. Uh, two days later, I was in an acting class where that class led me to uh, meeting, you know, Richard T. Jones, which is like one of my, my dear buddies to this day. And he was the one who actually was like, man, you funny. Like, let me take you to my first, to my agent. So the agent at the time that he had was like a good mid-level agent. They had like Halle Berry, Alec Baldwin. They had all these like people before they fully blew. Right. And uh, I was like, oh, shit, I ain't ready for that. I ain't, that's, that's too big. <laughs> you know, I got a little nervous. So he ended up taking me to a smaller agency called Acme Town and Literary. And they were like smaller, more boutique. And right out the gate, man, I just started booking, man. And, and again, it's not that I was the most talented guy. You know, I was fresh-faced, young, hungry. Uh, I booked a commercial, Frosted Flakes commercial. And then on the heels of that, I booked Living Single. And then I booked another commercial while I was booking, while I was on, on Living Single. And then I booked, um, 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 what's the joint? Um, Burger King, I think it was. The Burger King was, was okay. second after I got Family Matters. So I got oh, Family man. Matters, commercial, Family Matters, commercial, living single. And then the very next job I got was uh, I got Beverly Hills 90210, and then I got The Big Easy. So I did like eight jobs in about four months, man. It was crazy. Wow. It was nuts. And uh, so I was gone for two years, and then I came back, 
and got another pilot. I did like two or three pilots that, you know, pilots of shows that they make that they're not sure if they're going to go to series or not. And right. uh, I was the finalist, the shows I was on for like two or three different networks. And uh, it's funny because had them shows gone, man, I, my career would be in a different place. Uh, okay. But we got knocked out for different shows. Like Charm was one of the shows that knocked out one of my shows. Charm went for like 10 years. Right. Yes, it and did. Angel was another show that went for another show that I uh, did, they, you know, did another five or six years. So, you know, um, I was lucky, man. I mean, I know guys that are far better actors. Uh, I was just in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Gotcha. Uh, you mentioned you were coming out on the West Coast and your wife, girlfriend at the time, still on the East Coast. So you're a Jersey guy. We both Jersey guys. So how was that transition coming from New Jersey to California? Oh, it's crazy, man, because, you know, they love, LA just love East Coast dudes, right? Okay. And then you're a black dude, you know, and I'm out here, I'm rocking the ball head. I got the boots, the, <laughs> the leather jacks, shit they weren't even ready for, right? Okay. And I'm, I'm rocking it hard and, and you know, people know because most people are transplants that live in L.A. They're not from L.A., right. especially if they're in the entertainment business. You're very rarely going to meet people who be like, yeah, I'm from Compton. Like Anthony Anders is my boy. He's like the only dude I know from L.A. You know what I mean? <laughs> that has like blown up and made it. You know what I'm saying? But right. I knew Ant when nobody knew Ant. Like, you know what I mean? Like in 1998, you know, we, we introduced, we got, we met each other in a Bill Duke acting class. And okay. it's crazy because it was so many people that are hot right now that was in that class. And, uh, you know, Taraji P. Henson was in that class. Anthony wow. was in that class. Shamar Moore was in that class. Lisa Ray McCoy was in that class. Um, nice. Just, it was nuts, man. It was nuts. But, uh, it was it was different. The transition going from, you know, cold winters to my first winter here was ninety eight degrees during Christmas. I was like tripping. Wow. And yeah, it was it was different, man. It's a different way of living from East Coast to West Coast. You know what I mean? Uh, but I adapted. You know, I, I never thought I. This is year twenty eight, going on year twenty nine. I, I still can't believe I'm here, bro. You know, you know the deal. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. yeah. He still hates when I when I introduce him. I always introduce uh, my, my 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 main man from L.A. You know, he. Oh, that, you know. never, bro. That's no. my guy. <laughs> Big city, Dalesburg, all day. I know that's right. All right, but uh, tell me some of your memorable moments and maybe not so memorable moments of your Hollywood experience. Man, I've been fired a few times. You know, you, you only hear about the great things, man. Um, exactly. With this business, man. But uh, the funniest thing is I booked Moesha when, uh, when Brandy first got that show. I was supposed to be her boyfriend. Okay. So I booked it. I auditioned for it. I booked it. I show up on the set first two days of rehearsal. And I just kind of felt like she just wasn't feeling me. Right. Not because she didn't like me. She just decided she didn't wasn't feeling me before she met me. Like when we were doing the table read. She was like giving me attitude. <laughs> so the night before, I done rehearsed for four days, get ready to kill this joint the next day. They called me the night before and was like, um, you've been released. I'm like, what? Wow. I, it was like, uh, yeah. Uh, they decided to go in another direction. And the young brother that was killed, that was on Steve Harvey's show, Merlin Santana. Really right. good young yeah, actor. I remember him. Yeah. He replaced me. But what I didn't know was that like him and Brandy was like kicking it. Uh... But the, the producers wanted a somebody else and she wanted him. So it was her show. And, you know, they pushed, they fired me, bro. They paid me, gave me the credit and all that other stuff. But I was fired then. And uh, I was fired on another show once before, just chemistry wise, it just wasn't, 
I didn't like the direction that I was getting, giving, you know me, Herm. Right. I'm the, you know, like Robert Townsend says in uh, Hollywood Shuffle, is always work at the post office, right? There you go. <laughs> and I, I know I can always come home. So I'm not bending over. I'm not, I'm not doing, you know, something that's unethical. You know what I mean? And, you know, I lost the job once because a cat hit on me and I said something that was a little norkish and, they let me go for that too. Cause you know, dude propositioned me in the late nineties. You know, I'm like, right. in my 20s, like, yo, why are you at y'all for that? Right. Oh yeah. Oh, and yeah. so, so I've been fired. You know, those are some of the lows. Uh, some of the highs, man, was just making my own movies. You know, I was fortunate enough to make a couple films with my, my former partner, a guy named Jeff Bird, who's a very good film director and TV director. He's doing really okay. well right now. Nice. Yeah, executive producing a bunch of shows, man. You know, creating my own stuff, man, was is the greatest high that I could have. And um, I thought being in front of the camera and people knowing who you are when you go places and getting free shit when you go to restaurants, you know, all that right. stuff happens for actors, especially if you're a regional actor. We were doing the Big Easy in New Orleans. So I was like, okay, right. football player. I might as well have been on the Saints. Like I was like, <laughs> very well received down there at the time. And uh, Nice. But, but making my own movies, man, I made a couple movies for like a half a million dollars that we sold. Um, Book of Love, uh, which is like a cult favorite, the definitive reason why men are dogs, romantic right. comedy. And we made another movie with Regina King and Blair Underwood and Craig Sheffer called Truth Be Told. It was based on my boy Alan and Jeff's short film. Um, okay. You know, those, seeing those things, you know, I bought this house that I'm sitting in right now based off these little independent movies. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was able to drop like 50 grand one time and another 75 another time. And, you know, you just never know where your wins are going to come from. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, you know, I, I guess it's equivalent to what you went through. You know, you get a, a 30 day contract or, you know, a 10 day contract. And if you hoop, you might get a longer, you know, extension. Right. It's kind of like this business, man. Like, you never know who is going to be the next thing. Like in my one of my acting classes, when I met Richard T. Jones, Jeremy Renner, the, the cat that's like on playing, fire. He's playing Hawkeye now, right? Yeah. yeah. Jeremy my was in my Jeremy Renner was in my very first acting class when I met Richard. Him and Richard T were like this. They were both unknown. Rich had just finished What Love Got to Do with It when he played uh, uh, Lil Ike. You know what I mean? Right. Lil Ike. You okay. know. Um, oh, wow. But they were best friends, man. And that dude couldn't get hit by a train if he was standing on the tracks for about ten or 12, 15 years. Wow. He did this little movie called Dahmer. And he destroyed it and got an Emmy I and mean, got an Oscar nomination. And those of us who knew that he was dope, like when he was 24, but right. he probably didn't get that break till he was like late thirties. You know what I mean? So the same is true. Taraji P. Henson. The first time I saw right. her, I heard about class, her story. I was like, yo, she's dope. Who is that? Like I came home and told my wife, her and Anthony Anderson did a scene together. I said, there's these two people in my class guy named Anthony Anderson and this girl named Taraji P. Henson. They're going to be stars one day. And at the time it was me, Shamar and Anthony was on hang time on a, on a little morning show, basketball show, but okay. he wasn't like known yet, but I saw their talent when I first watched them work in this class, man. And I just knew it. It was just a matter of time, man. It, you know, everybody, if you stay in this game long enough and you're true to it, you will have an opportunity. I just happened to work really fast, really quick. Right. Like the Lord was like, here, he gave it to me the first eight months I got here. 
you know, from six months to eight months, I started working. First six months, I was partying my ass off. And you know your boy, you know. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm shaking. And my girl, my wife, cussed my ass out, man, and got me, got, it got me straight and got me focused. But I would have never dreamed, bro, that, that I would still be here in, in Los Angeles, California, going on 30 years. It's, it's unbelievable. Wow, that's crazy. As I know, always, always heard Hollywood has a lot of politics and stuff behind the scenes. But um, how, and just how were you able to? I mean, I know you, but for the people that don't know you, how were you able to remain steadfast, stay true to yourself, even well, though I, accomplish what you want to do, knowing that all the stuff that's going on in backdoor scenes of Hollywood? Well, you know what's crazy though, and you know this, but you know, because you my boy, you lived it with me. Like, um. I got crazy for a minute, like in, in the late nineties, man, I was making some bread. You, I was making athlete money before right. the multi, before dude started making, you know, you making a half a million dollars a year. You was like, Whoa, he paid, you know, back right. In the day. Right. <laughs> that's not even like the 10th man on the team anymore. But, um, I had some bread, man. I was young and I was the only dude married. So right. it was hard because I'm seeing all these chicks, man. And, you know your boy, Herm. Like, I like the lady. I like the lady. Absolutely. Know, right? All right. And being the only dude that's married, I'm hanging out with Sanaa. I'm hanging out with uh, uh, all these chicks, man, um, that's hot, like real hot. Regina Hall. Because uh, um, my boy Jeff was friends with all these chicks. And me and him used to hang out. And we used to hang out with them. And like the hottest of the hottest black actresses on the planet, they right. looking at me like, hmm. Who that? And then they like, oh, you married? <laughs> oh, if you wasn't married, I get this to you. I'm like, oh, don't tell me that. I'm about to pull my blade out, you lady. Don't do that to me right now. I don't want, I don't want you to it. You about to have me jump off a cliff? I don't want that. <laughs> it was too much when I was 27, 28, 29 years old, because I got married at 25. You know, and, right. and um, it's because I knew Taylor was the right one. I just wasn't really mentally ready to be a husband, so. I figured, let me fail upward and just before I lose this girl. And it took me, you know, it took me five years. Nice. It took us to to literally for her to put my ass out the house. I was living at the uh, motel for like four and a half months. And she told me, if we don't go to counseling, yo, it's over. So I, this ain't no fairy tale romance. I had to work. I had to work. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you know. Real relationships are always like that. I don't know yeah. where the fairy tale stuff come from, but yeah. And you, and you also know, man, like your dad and Marcus's dad are like the only, my only friends whose parents were together. Right. Like I didn't, you know, your father was like my dad, you know what I mean? Absolutely. He was everybody's father. So, you know, when you don't see relationships, you don't value them, you know? my right. I got uncles that was like, don't ever get married, yo. Right, yeah, well, I, I definitely got a lot of You know of what I mean? Too. You yeah. got those uncles too, right? Yes. So, I think that's why I struggled initially when I got the money. You know, I don't think I've ever changed personally. Like, you know right. what I mean, man? I'm, my spirit is one of of love and 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 I embrace everybody. I don't care. Absolutely. I'm yes. never I've never been a hater. I've never been jealous of people. That's just not my thing. Like, I know God, what he has for me is for me. And you know I what I will mean? attest to that, people. I've known this guy. I don't care. Like he he but me, the coach to me. And then I started excelling, man. Yo, I never in my one time had to question this guy, man. Never ever. So That's always it. been a stand-up dude, man. Hey, thank you, man. You know, you know me. We've been friends right. since 14 years old. And Tell me about you, it. you just, you know, what God has for you, God has for you. And and Richard Jones told me, Richard T. Jones told me that he's like, hey man, don't worry about these auditions, man. Like before you even go in the room, God has already decided if you're gonna get it. Like just 
just there go with go. it. Like, don't trip because I'd be tripping. I'm like, oh, I wasn't perfect. Oh, I said something wrong. And, and once it, I adopted that philosophy, things started working out for me. But, but what I didn't say is in the middle of all of my success, you know, I, I got down on my knees and I asked God, I said, if I can't be a good steward over this, if, I, if I'm not ready to, to, to be the man that I want to be in this business, then take it from me. My, my marriage was here. My career was here. And literally within a year, the Lord just switched that thing for me, brought our family back together, brought my butt back home. And right. uh, it's been a struggle. Here, here's the crazy part. It's been a struggle ever since career-wise. I mean, I've right. worked. But nowhere near, you know, I've like turned that. down jobs. Yeah, I used to turn down jobs. Tilly used to be like, are you crazy? They're not going to always be there. I was like, you crazy? I just did 22 jobs in like three years. What are you talking about? And literally, bro, from the moment God elevated this marriage, my career, it forced me to do other things, uh, writing and production and uh, just being creative and, and, and it pushed me to other passions like coaching and stuff like that. And that's actually a good thing because I mean, it kind of, showed you supposed to be on a different path. And that's oh. the way I look at everything. I look at everything that it happens for a reason. If certain thing didn't work out, sure, you might've been trying hard, working hard towards, but if it didn't work out and you got put on another path, all of this was done for a reason, so. Oh, yeah. and, and also, man, you, Marcus, you know, even the things you were going through at the time when you were married, like, I think I got the best friends in the world because you guys have never told me the things I wanted to hear when I needed to hear. You told me exactly the fucking truth. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's what real boys do. Like you stink. Like right now you stink. And I remember you, you telling me, Marcus telling me, Eric, man, like, do not let your wife go. You know, he's like, yo, I don't, don't do it. Like all this over here, this just, this is all fake. This fake news over here. Like Donald Trump right. is fake, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but I, I couldn't see it. I just saw it. You saw, the, you saw the light. Yeah, you saw the yeah. lights. You know, this is glamour and the glitz. I mean, it, it happens. I, I've been through. That's why I was able to tell you because I had been yeah. through it. So yeah, but you need you need true friends, man. Guys that stand with you and for you when you're going through something, man. That you know, because you can't see it. You know, you you right. like fuck that, fuck that. I'm no, I'm the man. I'm making the money. I'm doing this. I, I mean, I was on some bullshit. I was like thirty grand a year as a school teacher, and then I move out here, and within a Year and a half, I'm making 350 grand, then 450, then 520. Man, you shit, you might have told me I was a first round pick. You know, <laughs> ego, like, I mean, when I want to come in, Tilly was like, click, change the locks. I said, Absolutely. oh, hey, that's so, what it know. That's what it did. Something you had brought up to me a while back, and I found it kind of interesting because I hear people talk about it a lot of times is the, the residuals and how does that work? Because I remember you telling me like, yeah, it's not what everyone thinks it is. So how does the residuals thing work and touch on that a little bit? Well, if you are uh, a main, the main person, like give you a case in point. I was on the Big Easy. First year I was six of six characters. Year two, I'm, I'm one of two. Me, they made it a buddy show. Right. So the guy whose name is the first name on the call sheet, He's the person who's the, or she's the person, it's their show. Like right. Will Smith with the Fresh Prince, as, as successful as that show is, he's the only one on that cast that still gets paid in perpetuity. Like all of them after year 10 or eight, when it went off the air, probably five years after it went to syndication, all of their monies ran out. Now they're getting like dimes and pennies and nickels for those. Will, Will told me one time, uh, when the Fresh Prince was over, maybe about two years over, because we used to hoop at Dwayne Martin and Tisha Martin's Campbell Martin old house over by right. my house. 
Right. I and remember that. Will told me one day we were just rapping. He was like, E man, he says, I have not. And at this point, this is uh uh all those blockbusters he had, you know, like right. blockbuster, black men in black, like right. uh, independence day. He had like three or four in a row that was like 300, 400, 500 billion dollars, you know. And he was like, he told us we were sitting there drinking and eating. He says, I haven't touched any of my movie money yet. I'm just living off the residuals from the fresh prints. He was like, Wow, it's just wow, uh, it, it is it's crazy the amount of money when it's your show and you're an executive producer or creator. A buddy of mine knows the gentleman that created uh Married with Children, a black man, Michael Moyer created that show. Really, I did not know, I that. know that. Michael wow, Moyer did not know that. Unbelievable. Next time you see that shit, Michael Moyer created that show. And I work with now I feel a whole lot better about watching hey, it now. <laughs> hey, bro, Rose it was Jackson's hilarious. wife. And, and I worked with her once before. And, and all of a sudden, she just disappeared. They got married. The first year that thing went into syndication, my man is, is friends with him. He was like, E, every six to eight weeks, he get checks like anywhere between three to five million dollars. They moved to Hawaii and they never came back. Nice. That's and you got to understand how television works. It's markets. So in Jersey is one market, but the sub cities in each city is a different royalty for the creators and the producers of the show. Nice. So they're splitting money with the network. I mean, like the producers are the people you never see, but you look up and they got to, they got to, they build it onto their house. Cause they, it's so much money earned when the show is successful that they got to go buy things just to make sure the government don't take the money. You know ah, what I mean? Unbelievable. So, that's, that's, you know, that's oh yeah, tough. The producing money. Listen, forget act, forget athletes, forget all that. Acting, shit. Yeah, it's that producer money, money running out. That's basically yeah. like money that keeps adding on and adding on and adding on. So and you don't even have to work loops. for that no more, right? So it loops. You when you die, your kids get it. When they die, they oh, kids. so it does. It is able to transfer. It keeps looping. Oh, okay. like Lucille Ball. Think about Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball from uh, I Love Lucy. The the creators, all of those people are dead from that. But their right. kids, kids, kids are getting those residuals now. Nice. Because they're wow. still playing that thing all over the world, man. Yeah, that is crazy. That is really crazy money, dope, man. Though. That's that. You see, that's, yeah, it's about that. That's where you wanted to be at, bro. Crazy. Seriously. So anything. Oh, oh, you oh, need, and that's the, I'm sorry, but that's go, the go. thing to why, why people, they try to just get one hit. Because if you get one hit and you are like one of the main executive producers or producers or the creator of it, Man, you just gone. You good. That thing, that thing go to 100 shows. Bye. See you later. Bye. That makes, oh, that makes sense now. That makes sense why everybody, like, especially in the movie, they, that one hit wonder, hey, you can live off of that. Right. <laughs> you Riddick can talk Moe. stuff about me all day long, but that one hit wonder is paying me still. So yeah. I get it. What's yeah, the boy tough. that knocked Tyson out? Not Riddick Bo. Oh, uh, Buster Douglas. Buster Douglas syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, so you got any new projects coming up? You know what, man? I'm working right now on a pilot uh, that me and my man Jeff did like 10 or 12 years ago. Okay. Uh, by the grace of God, I got in the right hands uh, of some uh, a streaming company that's owned by African-American brothers. And they, they loved it. And just show you how God worked. I coached this gentleman's sons at my high school as a high school basketball coach. And he only know me as Coach E and I know him as Dave. Right. And we had a picnic together and a third party person was like, y'all two need to get together because y'all in the same industry. I didn't know because I don't ask the parents what they do. I just, you know, you so-and-so. I mean, I got major Hollywood people who I didn't even know who they were because I just know them as, hey, that's so-and-so's dad. But I showed him my uh, the pilot and I showed him a couple of my things and they called him and his partner and said, look, we want to make a deal. 
uh, for this show. I love it. Um, we just need to bring it up to modern day because this is like a decade plus ago. Right. You know, me and my wife put out 150K on this out our house. I mean, people don't even understand it to the lips of like my wife, man. Like I couldn't leave her if I tried, bro. I'm so locked into this one, man. Like yeah, we don't been through everything. I done stuff, took us man. through a bankruptcy. Beautiful thing, man. Hey, man, listen, I, I'm not ashamed to tell you. I done fucked up a lot of money. I, I fucked up over half a million dollars between real estate, investing in my own projects, and every every step along the way, this woman has been like, yo, I'm with you. So, wow. you know, by the grace of God, this is like 15 years later, man, this thing is coming full circle. Not only are we going to make the money, get our money back, but we're actually going to be able to produce 10 episodes. So nice. I'm really excited about that right now. It's, it's called Served. Okay, yep, it's, that was coming next. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a show about, you know, people get served, process served, you know, hiding from them jokers who serving you court papers. Uh-huh. It's, it's a show about these zany process servers and black guy, white guy, I'm running the company and it's just zany. It's, it's a lot of celebrities, a lot of, nice. you know, a lot of now culture, you know what I mean? It's, it's going to be really funny. Um, so that's one thing, but we're doing an overall um, deal. I, I did a deal with them where they want me to do multiple projects. So, you know, me, Herm, I've been working as a social worker, teacher, I've been doing everything. So for for God to bring this thing full circle right after my kids graduate from college, man, because that's all my wife was like, yo, just go get a regular job until they get out of high school and college and then go back and do what you want. So right. literally on the heels of them being out of college a year, I've been praying just for the Lord because I, I didn't move to L.A. to do anything else other than work in his business. I could do this right. shit from New Jersey. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm -hmm. But to just have this thing come full circle, man. And I, I tell you, know, people, what people need to know, man, is I've been fortunate enough to experience the highs and the lows. Now I just want to do the shit that I'm passionate about. There I can make go. 50, give me the salary that I make teaching and, and social work and all this other stuff, but let me do what I want to do the way I want to do it. It feels so much better. And that's what it's really all about, it man. It's really all about doing what it is that you like to do, that you have a passion for. Uh, I mean, we've been through all the phases where we're trying to chase the money and chasing the money really doesn't get you what hey, you want. It starts, hey. even if it's less money, but you enjoy what you're doing, in the end, you're going to put more passion into it. And in the end, it's actually going to pick up and you'll get that money back any damn way. Hey, man, hey, I'm, I'm trying to teach my son who's about to turn 25 tomorrow that all money is not good money. Like exactly. he left the job that gave him a, gave a substantial raise after he left, but he hated the job. And I told him, it doesn't matter if they would have gave you a hundred thousand. If you got a pit in your stomach every time you wake up and turn your computer on because you got to work for these people, it doesn't matter how much money, but he, he hasn't lived long enough. Her, us in our fifties, we already know, just like every chick ain't good for you, no matter how she look, right? right? The same thing is money with money. Like all money is not good money. I have turned down some opportunities that I would have had to sacrifice. And I had a dude told me, basically, if I was his like his chick, oh. you know, he'd take care of me. Like, I'm just wow. like, yo, you, you know really? who you're talking to? Like, bro, hey, no part of me reads that. No part. <laughs> <laughs> like, you ain't never met me and thought that, yo, maybe he in that life. You know what I'm saying? I, know I don't get right. that off. But I know guys, I know people who have gone there and, and, and have sold their souls for an opportunity to be in something or to get a break. And I just, bro, I will bring my ass back to Jersey, year 30, knowing I've done all I could do the best I can. And I've never 
sacrifice who I am as a black man in America for nobody and no job. I've never done that. There you go. I it like never that. That's what's up. Hey, you have to. All right, before we uh, get out of here, I was uh, cracking up today because I actually, I said, since I'm doing the interview, I said, let me go run back and watch a few episodes. So uh, <laughs> I went back and did the Parker one. I was like, this joker went to the door and kissed Monique. You got to tell me girl. that one, bro. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something, man. Monique has been ridiculed. Yes, you know, unnecessarily. unnecessarily. I definitely. mean, listen, and again, I'm not making this a black, white thing, but if Monique was a white actress, her career would have never been derailed. With mm -hmm. everything she said and everything that she's done, I'm not saying she did everything right, right, but I'm saying that Monique stands for something, man. Like that sister was so cool to me okay. when I worked on that show, tried to get me back on to play like her because she liked me. She's like, you know what? I'm gonna bring you back because she was an EP of the show. Right. Um, but Monique is a, she, she, she's like a nat, female Nat Turner. You know what I mean? <laughs> she tells you the okay. truth. All right. And, hey, and, that's and bro, what you want though. In this industry, like when Cap took a knee, you know, like like you know, every time anybody of color stand up and tell you the truth, they get some semblance of being blackballed, and I don't right. understand that. And I just watched the, that documentary on your boy because you was the one I told I told um they move. Yes, I said, yeah, I I said Eric's incredible. the one that put me on Chris Jackson, and then yeah. now Mahmoud Abdul Raoul. That, that yes. documentary is good, bro. So you want to check? Oh, that bro, out. listen, I don't even I have Showtime. Just watched it. I, That's the one channel I don't have, but I'm going to subscribe. Find a way. Yeah, you that. can get, I think you get a little trial. You get the trial and then you can um, go in there and get that. Can you but, imagine, um, though, what he had to do, man? What bro, he had to give up? What he lost? It, it, they put a lot, they showed it. They showed it. They put a lot of that in there. And I said it was a, it was a, it was actually a great documentary. Um, make sure, because we are running out of time here. Um, I want to make sure that uh, you, you have any information, website, anything you want to put out there for people to follow. Well, as of right now, uh, I don't have anything up because quite okay. honestly, I've been out of the business for almost a decade. I had to take okay. some time off. The resurgence of, of my career, I think, is, is this year starting to happen. Okay. Um, I will be using the social media platforms, and but I, I like to get some things up and going first. You know, I'm okay. working gotcha. we're also working on a documentary about the Yukon Huskies from uh, when my brother was there. Okay. From uh, the beginning of the 86 to the 90, like the building of that dynasty. Um, I'm doing it with my buddy who's an elite Yukon uh, alum who uh, works with the gentleman who the people who created Game of Thrones. He's my partner on it. Okay. So, you know, I got two or three projects right now that I'm working on. I'm just going to wait till they're moving before I, you know, run my mouth, you know, about anything. Okay. Nice. Good enough. Good enough. So I'll make sure everybody, uh, subscribe to the youtube channel yes, uh we're gonna follow on instagram facebook and all that stuff and i'll make sure you know i put the word out there i'm gonna try to do a little uh snippet of the interview to post up and yes, you know hey man very welcome hey thank you very much man I for you, coming man. through hey beautiful interview man i loved every minute of it bro hey man you are my brother i'm taking shots bullets for you all day you, <laughs> you better boy. believe it that's what it's we my do roommate college roommate <laughs> long time family so thank everybody right, once again for joining in my man eric george appreciate you family. and until next time we'll see you on the weapon nature all-in-one podcast hey the best trainer in the world too i hate his ass every morning <laughs> you know best that's right. I got. got it later later <laughs>